This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Straight up with no chaser. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. Always love when we catch up with our friend Michael F. Florio from NFL Network. Talk some fantasy football here in the sports bar. Michael, it's great having you on with us. Uh, I think the biggest fantasy-relevant news here of the last 24, 48 hours, the suspension of Alvin Kamara and who might actually step into that role. We heard that Kareem Hunt had a visit with the Saints, is now going to visit the Colts. Running back is of interest, of course, if you're drafting in those early rounds. So what does the suspension do to you in terms of Kamara's value, how you're playing that? And is there anything to potentially picking up a Kareem Hunt in late rounds, or are you turned off by what you didn't see from Hunt last year, his last year in Cleveland? I still think Kareem Hunt could play, but my biggest takeaway is this is suddenly a very crowded running back room. You obviously have Alvin Kamara, who's going to lead the way when healthy. Last year's touchdown leader in Jamal Williams is still there. They drafted Kendra Miller, who I was excited about. And then you bring in Kareem Hunt, who, like I said, I think still has some gas left in the tank there. Uh, the, it, the issue is, where are these guys going to go? Alvin Kamara in early drafts, I was all about drafting him. Uh, and you get him outside the top 25, sometimes even outside the top 30 running backs because people were fearful of the suspension. Now with it being three games, I was anticipating him getting pulled up the board. I'm hoping that the Kareem Hunt signing kind of leads to people shying away a little bit because if you get Alvin Kamara anywhere from RB24 on, that is a steal. If you're paying closer to a top 20 or even a top 20 running back price, now you're paying closer to full price. I don't like that as much. Michael F. Florio, our, our guest here. Um, we get the Colts coming up here the, this weekend, uh, Colts and Bills. And uh, look, that's a great little, hey, here's the shiny object. Uh, Anthony Richardson, everybody look over here at Anthony Richardson. So I guess a two-part question here. Like Richardson... If you're doing like a super flex as a QB2 or maybe as your backup, are you buying in that he could just kind of get enough points with his legs here to make it worth your while? And then, obviously, that's kind of going to deter over from uh, you know the other part of here, take away some of the attention from Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know, is not going to be in Buffalo this week. You would figure. So, what do you do about Jonathan Taylor? Where do you see him going in drafts right now, Michael? Yeah, so on Anthony Richardson, I am as bullish as you can get when it comes to a, a quarterback prospect like this. Um, I have Anthony Richardson ranked as my QB 10. That being said, I keep telling anyone who does draft him, pair him with a safe veteran, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins. There's 
no shortage of options that you can get after you take Anthony Richardson. But I keep using Justin Fields from last year as the the gauge point. Like Fields last year threw for just over 2,200 yards, and he averaged just over one passing touchdown per game. It didn't matter. He was still a top-six fantasy quarterback, and for a large chunk of the season, he was a cheat code that we thought if you didn't have Justin Fields, it didn't matter because he was that good in fantasy. I think Richardson, uh, an even better runner, could be just as good. Uh, And I think it's also in the range of the possibility that he is a better passer right away because all the tools are there. I am very high on him long-term. As for Jonathan Taylor, I was doing a draft just yesterday, and I passed on him in the second round. I said if he fell to the third, I would have taken him. He didn't. He went late second round. So uh, everyone is kind of, cautiously optimistic right now with Jonathan Taylor because if he's healthy, he was an early second-round pick in early drafts this year and one that I was very excited to take. Uh, But is he healthy? Is he going to be playing? What's going to happen with this contract? There's a lot of question marks with just a month to go on Jonathan Taylor. Michael, if we're looking for value at quarterback, talking about Anthony Richardson, I feel like there's a lot of hype around him and that you might be overspending for Anthony Richardson in in a draft. Is uh, another player that you might want to consider with maybe a similar kind of skill set that the last time we saw him in a full season, he actually led the league in passing yards. Is there value in Deshaun Watson quarterback Cleveland Browns? Yes. Um, I'm never going to defend Deshaun Watson, the person, but as a player, I think that people are weighing way too much in six bad games last year. Um, I, I don't know what people's expectations were, but it was six games at the end of the season uh, in a new team, new system, new head coach on an offense that wasn't built around Deshaun Watson. And all of those games were played in bad weather as well. So I still think Deshaun Watson could be, what he used to be, maybe he doesn't even get back to that point, but right now he's going as the ninth quarterback off the board in draft. I keep saying there's a big eight, which for me is topped by Josh Allen at QB1. Uh, but if you miss out on the eight guys, Deshaun Watson and Anthony Richardson paired with a safer guy, maybe, like I said, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, uh, Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins, you pair that safe, kind of boring fantasy asset along with the high upside like a Watson or Richardson, I think it is a great way to uh, attack quarterback this year. We're talking uh, with Michael F. Florio, um, top fantasy running back, at least uh, PPR-wise. Uh, you could say it was Austin Eckler last two years. Now a new offensive coordinator comes in, and could he do it a third year here in a row? Uh, your, your thoughts on the Chargers offense, because certainly you know what you're getting you know, out of the quarterback there, but I'm just curious, like, can, can you hit the button one more time here on Eckler at the top of the first round, Michael? You can. Austin Eckler is still my RB1 because I think he is the safest bet in football to be a top five uh, running back this season him or Christian McCaffrey, I would say. I, I do have some concerns when it comes to Eckler. I, I think with this new offense coordinator with Kellen Moore here, we're going to see more downfield throws, uh, which probably means fewer dump-offs to Eckler. Um, that being said, though, I and I was high on Eckler for years. And again, he's my RB1, but I don't really draft him a whole lot because you can get a lot of running back talent in round two, like Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor's a name, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley at times are all available in round two. So I typically like to start with a receiver in round one, and then in round two I get my starting running back. 
There's another guy that we haven't seen in a while, and when we do see him, it'll be for the first time with a new team. But when we last saw him, yeah, he was very fantasy relevant, and I'm curious to know uh, exactly what your thoughts are. The wide receiver position that we have uh, down there in Jacksonville, Calvin Ridley making his Jags debut this season. Oh, Calvin Ridley is probably the player that I've talked up the most this offseason. And, and ever since the Jags traded for him in the middle of last season, I was like, get excited for this guy in fantasy because Trevor Lawrence looked better and more comfortable last season than any time in his washed rookie year. But uh, he got more comfortable in this passing system as it went on. Doug Peterson has always been a coach that likes to pepper his number one target with uh, volume. And then you add in that, like, Christian Kirk last year had a great fantasy season because he could win downfield, he could win in the red zone a bit. Calvin Ridley is more explosive downfield. He's a better red zone target. He can do everything that you want your fantasy receiver to do because long catches and touchdowns are how you score points and chunks in fantasy football. I have him ranked as my wide receiver 12. I think that is a little bit higher than most people are willing to pay, but he is definitely someone in round three or four that I'm looking to draft. Michael F. Florio, uh, lots of places you can get his content. Amongst them, the NFL Network, our, our guest here, talking some fantasy football. And, you know, the, the, the Bills question coming your way here. And what is different about this Bills offense this year is well, there's going to be more on the plate of James Cook, second year running back. And yes, they did bring in Damian Harris. So, Mike, I'm trying to weigh this out here because it, 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 we talk to people, we see the speed at training camp. It's like, oh, that's something this Bills offense hasn't had. And the idea that he could be a three-down back. We also know, though, this is a Bills offense that has, has a lot of mouths to feed and the quarterback likes to you know, run it himself in, in particular goal line situations. So where do you have Cook slotted? Is that a steady RB2 or you know, better fit for RB3 at this point? I have him ranked as an RB2. He is, uh, I believe, like 23 in, in my running back rankings. But the good thing is if you want James Cook, you don't have to draft him as anything more than an RB3 uh, in like the seventh, eighth round, sometimes even a little bit later. And I, I like to say that he is paying for the sins of Devin Singletary. And no, like Devin Singletary was a really quality back for this Bills team. But for fantasy purposes, he was always a running back three. You give his 175, 180 carries plus the 50-plus targets he was consistently seeing to the more explosive James Cook, who can win downfield as a receiver as well. I think he will be a lock-solid RB2, maybe even a top-20 running back, but people don't want to believe in this Bills running system. I think that is a mistake. Like, if Devin Singletary led the league in explosive runs like James Cook did a year ago, we would be probably talking about Devin Singletary in a different light. And I think a year from now, we will be talking about James Cook that way. Michael, we always want to get a share of offenses that we believe are going to be productive. The Bills are certainly one of those offenses. Kansas City, definitely. Like, the offenses that just historically always perform. Philadelphia. Is there a surprise team in your mind, an offense that might just kind of emerge out of nowhere? Last year, maybe it was, uh, I don't know, We nobody saw Geno Smith doing what he did last year. Is there is there a team this year that you could say, oh, that's an offense that down low, uh, that low key, you're going to want to get a, a share of that offense? Offense. The first ones that came to mind were, were the Browns and the Chargers, I think, are two offenses that will play much better than they did last year. But that's not really coming from nowhere. So I'll give you the Atlanta Falcons. I am 
very high on Kyle Pitts. I think Drake London is one of the best young talents in the league. Bijan Robinson is obviously a generational talent. Everything is there except for the quarterback. But I think that Desmond Ritter is going to play better than Marcus Mariota did last year. Outside of Zach Wilson, you're hard-pressed to find a quarterback who played worse than Mariota did a year ago. So uh, he just needs to kind of put the ball in a position where his guys can get it and do some damage after the catch. I'm hoping he can do so because there is so much talent at these skill positions in Atlanta. Yeah, it, for me, watching preseason football, I get sucked into traps sometimes over the years. Like, oh, I like this player, and then you realize, no, that, that player's not even going to make the roster. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. There's one team I have my eye on this weekend um, because – it's the only quarterback battle that, that that's going on in these camps. That's that's Tampa, and you still have a Mike Evans. Nine straight years, Mike Evans, a thousand yards receiving. That's a streak he doesn't want to put to an end here. And uh, it's an offense that I think could be capable. Maybe I mean, does Kyle Trask actually win that job? In your opinion, I think that Baker Mayfield wins it to start camp because I think it's a much easier moving season to go from Baker if it doesn't work out to Trask and vice versa. But I could see this being a scenario where we're getting four games of Baker and it's he's not playing well and he gets benched for Trask and then they try something later in the year going back to Baker or something like that. There's a ton of talent at the skill position here and big names, like you said. Despite all of that, the Bucks offense is one that I'm avoiding for fantasy purposes. We've seen Baker drag down some very talented receivers before. I'm not so sold on Kyle Trask. I think this is going to be a slower-paced uh, offense. Definitely less volume than we've been accustomed to. I mean, they broke the record for passing attempts last year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they attempt maybe even as many as 200 fewer passes this year just because they stall more and, and they're not going to trust either quarterback like they would Tom Brady. So big names. I, I know a lot of people have muscle memory where they see Mike Evans or Chris Godwin and they want to hit draft, but I, I have been playing it safe and avoiding them this year. Michael, what about Cincinnati? How concerned are you about the calf injury to Joe Burrow? I am not concerned yet in a sense where I would completely fade him or T. Higgins or Jamar Chase. I have, I, I did have Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow back-to-back, and since the injury, I have flipped that and put Herbert ahead of Burrow. Um, look, Joe Burrow is never going to be uh, run like Josh Allen does or anything like that, but he did have five rushing touchdowns last year, and that is huge in fantasy football, so even if they just played a little bit safer and dial back his rushing attempts near the goal line and stuff, it's going to have a big fantasy impact. So I'm still drafting Joe Burrow as my, uh, I think I have him as my QB seven right now. Um, Probably a little bit lower than others have him. Uh, But that's just because I believe in the talent of the players around him, like Lamar Jackson and, and uh, Justin Herbert. So why, if I have them so closely ranked, why go with the guy who's dealing with an injury right now is the way that I see it. Love this. Michael F. Florida just, just firing him questions and he's firing right back. Okay, here, here's, a, here's another fastball that comes because what did we talk about all spring? Where's DeAndre Hopkins going? Is he coming to the Bills? Is he going to go to the Chiefs? He's, he's going to the Patriots. No, he ends up in Tennessee. And well, I don't know, two years ago, he, really good wide receiver and then the suspension and now he's north of 30. But he's also on a team that well, I don't know who else is going to get the ball here. So how do you weigh the value here of DeAndre Hopkins, Michael? Yeah, I I was one of the people he had fooled. I 100% thought he was going to be playing in Buffalo, and I, I was here for it. But uh, with Tennessee, he is still going to get a lot of volume, like you said, at least a high percentage of the volume. I still think they will be a run-first team. 
uh, built on the back of Derrick Henry. I have DeAndre Hopkins as, I believe, my wide receiver 20 right now. So it's like more of a low-end wide receiver two. I think he'll have some big weeks where he puts up wide receiver one numbers. But I'm expecting it to be kind of a roller coaster ride week to week, and it has nothing to do with DeAndre Hopkins and his ability. It has a lot more to do with I am not a believer in Ryan Tannehill or Will Levis or whoever they're going to be throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins at different points this season. All right, Michael, there's a couple of unresolved issues at running back throughout the course of the league as well. We, we still haven't seen Josh Jacobs yet. Don't know when we will. Uh, we keep hearing that Dalvin Cook is going to sign with the team. He hasn't yet. Zeke Elliott is still out there. We, we mentioned Kareem Hunt earlier. Are these guys you're avoiding altogether, or do you actually see a pathway to production for any of these players? It all depends on cost. Like right now, I was in on taking Kareem Hunt in like the post 15th round, uh, but him being the fourth running back in New Orleans is not nearly as appealing. But someone like Zeke or Fournette, they're going right now. You could get them in rounds like 15. So that I have no problem taking a shot on them as one of my last round picks because if they sign, they're going to go earlier. Dalvin Cook, though, you're not getting that discount on him and you're still paying a top. 25 round price somewhere in like the sixth round so i could see him signing in miami and if so he'll be worth that pick but if he signs with like the jets and is splitting time with Brees hall he is not i don't think so that it greatly determines on what's going to happen to him and then like the high-end guys like taylor and josh jacobs they are rock solid rb1s that i'd have no problem taking in the second round of my drafts right now which is where they were going but this whole, are they going to be here week one, hanging over their head, I, I feel much better now if I could get them in the third round. And I passed on each of them in a draft yesterday, in the second round, actually, and took Josh Allen over them, whereas typically I would have taken a running back, but those were the only two that I felt good about there. And I didn't feel confident enough that they would be playing week one. So still enough time where if you're not drafting till maybe like Labor Day, you, you have enough time to feel this out. But if you're like me and you're doing early drafts now, I don't think it's a bad idea to maybe be a little bit cautious and go in a different direction. Michael F. Florio, our guest. Uh, last one for me, Michael. And it, it's about the tight end position. And like I've seen uh, some drafts that Travis Kelsey is going as high as number three overall. And I get that. I get the position scarcity. But okay, I'm going to assume I don't get Kelsey. And then I don't know if I want to reach for a, a Mark Andrews. Maybe, maybe your advice would be do that. But I guess my question is, like, for if you don't get one of those two running backs, and you mentioned Kyle Pitts is somebody who could pop this year, what are who are some other guys you're confident, or maybe you just have an eye on that that could pop this year at the tight end position? Darren Waller is my guy at tight end this year, and he goes tight end seven in a lot of drafts. So the only reason I don't have is even more Kyle Pitts is because I just wait another round or two and take Darren Waller, and he's my third ranked tight end right now. I could see myself maybe pushing him up as high as second overall at the position because outside of Travis Kelsey, there is no tight end I feel confident in seeing consistent volume more so than Darren Waller. I think Waller, if he stays healthy, is a lock to lead the Giants in targets. Every report is that no one can cover him over the middle and Daniel Jones is throwing to him nonstop and all of this. Darren Waller last year could still play and on a per-route basis he was up there with not maybe not Kelsey, but up there with like Kittle and Goddard and the other top tight ends. He was just, he missed time due to injury and he was being used in a different way because they had Devontae Adams. He was getting fewer targets, but more downfield volume. Now he's going to go back to being a high volume, but 
shorter air yards per target, which means for higher catch rate success. Uh, and I think I trust Brian Dable, as I'm sure many people listening do, uh, to put his players in a position to succeed and get the most out of them. And Darren Waller being their big get this year. I think their passing game is going to run through him. So he is my big tight end target this year, him. And I still like Pitts, but I believe at tight end, you need one of the top seven. So if you don't get an Andrews or a Kelsey, I have concerns about Kittle and Goddard with the, all the target competition around them. But there is a significant fall off after the top seven. So I, I like to try to get one of those top guys. Michael, where can we get more of your work here as we continue to prepare for fantasy draft season? Yeah, you could hear me. Uh, NFL Network Fantasy Live is returning to the airways next week. Uh, we have the NFL Fantasy Football Show, which is our podcast that comes out twice a week and have plenty of written work there. You could also catch me on SiriusXM on Sunday afternoons, and, and I also do more written work. And I have my own podcast over at rotoballer.com, another fantasy website. So lots of places to get uh, my fantasy advice. And hopefully uh, here talking with you guys again in the future. Yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd love to do it, Michael. Thanks so much for your time today. Uh, you made us smarter. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Go Bills. You got it. Yeah, there he is. It. Michael F. Florio, NFL Network, fantasy football conversation here in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia. Okay, I, I got to get the, the, elephant out, the elephant in the room. I got to get it out of the way. Because I, I keep getting stopped and I'm getting messages and messages and messages. The unsanctioned. What's going on with the unsanctioned? Oh, yeah, yeah, What's yeah. happening with the unsanctioned? I know, guys, I know. The unsanctioned is going to continue, but I'm not going to be the commissioner of the unsanctioned this year. I cannot be the executioner in our guillotine league. So I'm, I'm offering that up to whoever wants to step up now. I've got a couple of candidates. Commissioner Tim, uh, neighborhood Commissioner Tim, not Commissioner Tim second floor odyssey commissioner gotcha. yeah, yeah. neighborhood commissioner tim has offered his services i think phil one of our regulars uh who's been in the unsanctioned from its inception i want to say has uh also expressed an interest so we just got to finalize oh the- yeah tim would be fine he like yeah he's a no-nonsense guy right i feel guilty handing that over to a neighbor because i know that it's a little bit more of a burden i know he's yeah. a no-nonsense guy he's a trustworthy guy it's none of that that yeah i just want to that person to know i would do it but i uh, shouldn't do it well for that reason i was like why can't i do it why can't i take it over yeah there's certain lines, we just right? we just yeah, want to make sure that correct yes yeah, so <laughs> so like because we're talking about a league it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun and talking about a league that doesn't involve any money that's right no money for entertainment purposes for entertainment only. purposes only I that's just, yeah here's what i'm saying with a huge exaggerated <laughs> wink I just don't have the time anymore, guys. I just don't have the time, if you follow what I'm saying. We'll, we can get into that more off the air. But that's what's going on with the unsanctioned. And we'll continue to keep you updated. See, and then everybody who is in our leagues li- listens to that like, ooh, yeah, Waller's going to get targets. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like the Raiders didn't know what they were doing to no. over the Giants. Absolutely right. All right, one minute I'm I'm talking about how I have to hand over uh, commissioner duties in the unsanctioned. I'll I'll tell you a little bit about FanDuel here and encourage you to join FanDuel here uh, as soon as we can. But first, we got to get to some news and notes from around the NFL. We have appetizers coming up in a couple few here. Um, well, let's just lump it in with with happy hour. We'll get to happy hour next in the sports bar. There's a story in Baltimore that's ridiculous. Uh, you've probably heard of it by now. We'll, we'll play the audio that got a play-by-play man suspended by 
the weak-ass Baltimore Orioles. I can't believe they did this. Uh, And we also have the Buffalo Bills depth chart to go over as well as they've officially released it here in advance of Saturday's preseason opener. That's coming up with Happy Hour here on the Sports Bar. Danger and Bataglia on the fan. Women's soccer is on the world stage. There's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It's me, Danger, for FanDuel Sportsbook, official partner of 95.7 The Fan. Right now, new customers getting no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Mike to join Today, now I don't know how you're feeling about the uh, the tournament, but I imagine Sweden's feeling pretty good after knocking out Team USA. Got to be playing with a lot of confidence moving forward. Don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com/slash/Mike to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Twenty one plus and physically present in New York. First online real money wager only. Ten dollar deposit required. Refund issued is non withdrawable bonus bets which expire in seven days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. For help with a gambling problem, call one eight seven seven eight hope ny or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.